Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Joy Willette. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you. And I am half tempted to wear these, but I don't want to mess up scarlet slippers, but aren't these amazing? <laughs> this was one of the white elephant gifts from, uh, from Friday's party. Super fun. Um, but she loves unicorns. But I just want to say, like, as I was looking at this, I was like, this church is like a unicorn. <laughs> it's like so amazing to have just like awesome, loving, wonderful people that are just real and love one another and want, want the real thing, want the real deal. And you guys are unicorns. <laughs> I say that to our leadership team all the time. It's like we won, we won the lottery when it came to, you know, just amazing leadership team and just wonderful, wonderful people. And we just, we just love you so much. It's very humbling um, for us to, to pastor you all. So, um, yeah, so uh, the Lord put a message on my heart. I'm going to try and relay to you what it is that he's saying. And I might just go completely off my notes um, because it's, uh, it's more of a picture that um, he's wanting to share and something that he's doing in my life as well. But along the lines of Christmas time, uh, when we celebrate Jesus coming to the earth, um, what was the name that they said that Jesus would, would be named? Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. And I think sometimes I've put pressure on myself to... Um, to celebrate, you know, Jesus's birth and stuff like that. And just like, oh, I'm not doing this enough. I'm not doing this enough. I'm not doing this enough. I didn't, you know, we didn't spend enough time, you know, reading Bible stories to the children, you know, during the season or whatever. But when he came, it was God with us. So that means he is with us anytime. If we're going Christmas shopping in the busyness, if we're at a Christmas party, when we're going about our day, Jesus wants to come with us on those journeys, like I love all the stories that uh, Miss Jill tells <laughs> all the time about how Jesus is with her, helping her pick out the little details for her daughter's parties and stuff like that. He wants to be with us in every detail of our lives, and he is so available. He is so there. And part of that is just abiding and, and living with his presence and just always engaging his presence at any moment. Um, it's, it's actually easier than I think we make it sometimes. I think sometimes we have this perfect picture of sitting around the Christmas tree or by a fire and telling Bible stories to our children. And then we get there and our children are there and they mess up our perfect picture. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we can celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. So Jesus, we just thank you so much for who you are, God. Lord, we just welcome your presence. We thank you that you are already here. We thank you that we've already had church, Lord Jesus, that we've encountered you. We've encountered the person of freedom. We've encountered the person of healing. And we just thank you that you are here, Lord. We just give this time to you. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me and that um, you would get across what you want to get across. And more importantly, that you would impart what you want to impart and that your anointing would go forward and, uh, yeah, just, just uh, fill everyone with grace, with your presence, Lord, and just break off any yokes of bondage, and we just thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. So the, the title of the message this morning is The Heart of the Matter. The Heart of the Matter. Um, this is something that the Lord's been speaking to me about in my personal life, um, but here's, here's something that uh, we need to get across, is the most important work that Jesus is doing 
in your life is on the inside of you. The most important work that Jesus is doing is the work that he's doing on the inside of you. The inside of you. And I'm, I'm speaking, I know that I'm preaching to a room full of leaders. I know that I'm speaking to many, many leaders that are called to help launch other leaders. Okay? And so in that context, what I feel like the Lord is saying is that the most important work that we need to consider is what he's doing on the inside of us. Okay? Um, people can be so focused on outward callings. What's my destiny? What's my purpose? Um, God cares more about your heart than what you can do for him. He cares more about your heart than what you can do for him. More about your heart than your ministry, more about your heart than your business, more about your heart than any aspect of your life, okay? He is the God who sees the inside of our heart, okay? So the Lord gave me, uh, at two different times, two different prophetic dreams, and uh, the first one was many, many, many years ago. And in this dream, I was walking on this dock, and there were all of these, um, they looked like cruise ships, like meant to hold many, many people, um, and they were just parked along this little dock. There's probably an official name for that, but it's, I'll just call it a dock, and they were parked. Um, and I'm looking at all these ships, and I'm like, how come these ships aren't launching off? They're just kind of parking there. And, um, and then an uh, angelic person was with me and said, well, look below the surface. And suddenly I had x-ray vision and I could see below the surface through the water and then into the inside of the boats. And at the bottom of the ships were rows and rows and rows and rows and rows and rows of baggage. Rows and rows of baggage. And they were neatly organized and they were on all these shelves or whatever. But the ships and then the, the angelic person told me they can't take off, they can't launch off because they have too much baggage, okay? So here are all these, and what, what this represents is that there's so many people, so many leaders, so many ministries, organizations, whatever you wanna call them, that are meant to be launched to the nations, and they're not getting launched because there's too much baggage. And we can try and organize our baggage, and we can try to make it look pretty, but the point is, is that we can't take it with us if we're going to go to the nations, amen? So I say that to tell you that the work that God is doing on the inside of you is more important than keeping your eyes on going to the nations. Amen? So we got to take a look and say, okay, what baggage do I need to get rid of? Let's just get that stuff off the ship right now. Amen? <laughs> okay? And then the next dream that he gave me a little bit more recently was of a ship and um, again, it was a cruise ship. It's meant to go to the nations and it's circling the harbor. And this time, um, dad was driving it, Father God, uh, was driving this cruise ship and there was a leak. And he's like, we're gonna have to just stay in this harbor for a minute until this leak can be repaired, okay? So again, what he's saying to us is something that is called to get launched to the nations. What is happening inside of that person, what's happening on the inside of that ministry is more important because what's the point of trying to go to the nations if you're going to sink on the way? Amen? So this is what I feel like prophetically is happening in this season, and I want to invite you all into this process because I feel like there's a grace on this in this season, that the Lord is calling us to look at deep-rooted issues, deep foundational things. So it's going to be um, stuff in your foundation. It's, it's probably going to be related to childhood trauma, 
different ways that we've processed from the time we were itty-bitty because of different things that happened to us throughout life, that this is the time that we're in the safe harbor right now in this season to take a look at the leaks, to get rid of the baggage, because he's ready to launch us to the nations in the next season, but we have to keep our eyes on what he wants to do right now. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. So we have to think differently about vision. We have to think differently about vision, okay? So usually when we think about vision and we think of all these amazing prophetic words that are spoken over us, and I know some of the words that have been spoken over us is that we're road builders and that there's legacy and multi-generational blessing that's coming and things that we're going to leave to our children's children, um, that we're going to the nations and all these amazing, wonderful things. Now, if we're not careful, we're going to look at that vision and we're going to think, ministry, organizations, we're going to think of hierarchies, we're going to think of, you know, fame, we're going to think of all these different things, when what the Lord wants us to keep our vision on is living whole and healthy and healed and being more than doing. Amen? Being more than doing, okay? We, think, we tend to think of accomplishments when we think of vision. We think of dynasties that we're going to leave to our children. These are good things. And these are things that God wants to do as well. But the most important roads that we are building right now, we are building on the inside of us. We're building on the inside of us. What's more important for us right now in this season, more than building church buildings, is building the roads on the inside of us that will provide a way for our children and our children's children and the generational blessings that will go forth so that they don't have to fight the battles of inner healing. They don't have to fight the battles of marriage struggles and things like that, that they're going to see that it's going to be given to them and then they get to take it to the next level. Amen? So the most important work that Jesus is doing is what's on the inside of us Legacies of generational blessings for our children's children. These are the Lord's breakthroughs. We can't get our eyes on helping the nations and not repair the leaks that are at home. Amen? Amen? What do we have to export to the nations if we sink on the way? (laughs) This is not what the nations need. I think sometimes, and even in my past, I felt this pressure to pretend like I have it all together because I want to make sure that Jesus has a good name. Like, no, like, I'm a bad example, okay? But everyone else has it figured out. So I'm going to pretend like I have it figured out because I want people to follow Jesus and think that he will help them to have it all figured out. Like, I don't, (laughs) okay? That's how I used to think of these things. The nations, they don't need that. They need realness. They need the real deal. They need to know that we have Emmanuel, God, with us in all the processes and all of life and that we go through hard times. We go through struggles and he's not afraid of it and he's with us in all of it and he's anointing us to do greater things than we can do on our own. There's so much pain in the world and that's something that's deep on my heart because the enemy does not play fair. And he goes after children at a very, very young age to try and bring abuse and trauma and all these horrible, horrible things. And it's just not good enough to me when people think that they just have to carry that stuff till the end of time. And then they just, they just feel like they've got to carry that baggage until, you know, until they meet Jesus in heaven someday. I'm like, Jesus paid too high a price for that to be the answer, for us, us to just leave people there in that place of brokenness. It's like, no, Jesus has a way of healing, has a way of inner healing that people don't have to carry that stuff. Amen? Very, very big on my heart. 
Um, we have to give hope to people that they can be healed. And the best way that we can give hope to people that they can be healed is for us to experience our own healing so that we have something to give, so that we have something to impart. Because there's a different level of, of authority that happens when you have been healed of something and now you are releasing that to someone else versus, uh, well, I'm just going to pray and hopefully Jesus will help you out. <laughs> Which he does that too, okay? But there's a different level of authority. There's, a, there's another level of anointing that takes place when we are carrying healing and we have that testimony and we can release that to other people. That's what the nations need. They need us to be healed and whole and be walking with Jesus. They need us to be filled with hope in our own lives. The enemy is not powerful enough to force people to carry baggage around their whole life. I refuse to believe that. That The, the kingdom of God is more powerful than the enemy. Amen. Amen? Blessings are more powerful than curses. Amen? We've talked about this before. But, you know, like, if a witch were to walk in here and curse this church, there would be a level of, like, okay, we need to, to have some warfare, okay? Don't panic, but we're going to have our intercessors get together, and we're going to anoint the place, and we're going to plead the blood of Jesus, and we're going to take care of this curse, okay? If a pastor blesses you, do you have that same level of expectation that something's about to happen? Amen? Because the curse is not more powerful than the blessing. Look at the Old Testament. When, when a blessing was released, you couldn't take it back. Amen? It's like, I'm, I'm sorry, I've already re released the Father's blessing, and it's, it's gone forth, and that blessing's coming to get you. <laughs> okay? So, I bless you all in Jesus' name. I bless you with healing. I bless you with every spiritual blessing that there is. I bless you with the will of the Father, which is good, and he knows the plans and purposes that he has for you. I bless you with closeness and intimacy with Jesus and with Holy Spirit. I bless your finances. I bless your children. I bless your relationships. I bless all of the marriages in this place in Jesus' name. I bless marriages with no not just staying together, but thriving and loving one another and learning to love in a powerful way. I bless the children of this house with encounters with Jesus that they would know him from this young age in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Now watch out <laughs> because that's coming to get you. Those blessings are coming to overtake you. There's scripture that says the blessings are about to overtake you. In Jesus' name, we can't be more afraid of a curse than we are putting faith in the blessing. Amen? Amen? Amen. The blessing is more, more powerful. The enemy is not powerful enough to force us to carry baggage. These are the roads that we need to build in our future generations, okay? These roads require authenticity, they require humility, and they require courage. Authenticity, humility, and courage. So let's take a look at authenticity really quick. We talk a lot about inner healing around here, especially in this season right now, because I, I really believe there's a, a grace for that. There's a grace for breakthrough in these areas. Um, there is a tension between inner healing and outer ministry, okay? We can't go fully off into one or the other. There's always going to be this process. There's the going out, because we're called to go and disciple nations. We're also called to come into his presence, amen? 
And I'm, I'm convinced that you're not even going to fully be aware of all the things that you need inner healing from until you go out for a bit and you start to encounter what's out in the world and you start to minister and stuff like that and stuff is all up in your grill, right? And so then you cut, okay, I'm going to come into the Lord's presence. Now, Lord, I need healing. I need healing. I need healing. But we're not going to just stay here either because we can't just, you know, become all about ourselves because part of that inner healing is our ability now to step out into community and bring that healing to other people as well. Amen? Okay. So there's a tension between inner healing and outer ministry coming into the presence, being transformed, and then going out and being the light. Okay? We're in a healing and transformational process right now. As your pastors, we are in the process. We are in that transformational process. And, you know, we're not shy about letting people know, like, I am all about sozo ministry um, if you like more information about that, we can tell you about that later. There's, there's many other wonderful ministries like that, but it's a way to go after those deep places and those hurts and pains and wounds and stuff like that. Experience God and encounter freedom and those kinds of things. We are all about counseling. We're all about meeting with the community that God has placed around us and being real and just hearing different people's stories. We're all about being pastored and fathered by the wonderful people that, that God has placed in our lives. Um, we're very much about that process. And there's no shame in it. There's no shame in that. Like, we all need each other. Like, we need people to come around us and help us through times. Sometimes we get this thought that, like, we're strong in the Lord if we can figure it out by ourselves, just me and Jesus. And it's like, he, he actually didn't mean for it to be that way. Um, look at uh, Lazarus, how Jesus calls him forth, and he comes out of the tomb. And now he's awakened to life, but guess what? He's still bound up. He's still bound up in the, in the grave clothes and all the things, and you can just picture him kind of getting out of the tomb. Okay, so now he's awakened, but he also needs to be set free. But does Jesus actually unbind him? No. He says, you guys go and unbind him. Okay? So this is a process of God's church being awakened to life and then community coming around and helping to unbind them in that process. Amen? Amen? We're in a healing and transformational process right now. And so this is a scripture that's been chasing me down. It's Proverbs 4.23. And it says, So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. This is the Passion Translation. I'm going to read that one more time. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. So pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Now, when we hear the word guard, what do we tend to think of? Protect away. Guard. I'm going to guard my heart, and I'm going to guard my heart from you. I'm going to guard my heart from you people, because the world is crazy, right? We tend to think that way when it comes to the word guard, okay? We tend to think weapons, we think defense, we think walls, okay? But that's actually not what the scripture is talking about. When it says guard, um, the original Hebrew talks about um, keeping, overseeing, watching over. It has more to do with cultivation, as in cultivating a garden, than it has to do with trying to keep things out, does that make sense? So when it says, watch over your heart, uh, because all the things of life come out of these things, you want to tend your heart like a garden. Tend your heart like a garden, okay? You want to watch over the affections of your heart. 
So when we pray prayers like, let heaven come, let heaven come to earth as it is in heaven, sometimes we think that is going to start with heaven coming out there. And we're like, well, it's going to be awesome when the presence of God comes and we have this picture of like it's a glory cloud and it's going to be somewhere out there. (laughs) But when we pray for heaven to come to earth, I'm telling you it's going to happen on the inside of us first, okay? And when heaven comes on the inside of us, then everything that is not heaven gets unearthed. And it's like, ew, yuck. I didn't know that was in there. Have you guys ever cultivated a garden before and found like crazy rocks and stones down deep? We've tilled our garden like multiple, multiple years and we still found stones that were like this big. Uh, Tia, when she was little, she thought she was excavating a T-Rex skull. (laughs) She was like excavating it. But it was this huge rock. It's like, but when stuff gets stirred up, when that soil gets stirred up, you find stuff that you had no idea was down there. Amen? Okay? So we want to cultivate our heart, cultivate our innermost being, because everything that we are flows out of that. When it comes to your heart, put down your sword and get out your gardening tools. Get out your gardening tools. Guarding your heart has more to do with your interactions with you than your interactions with other people. Guarding your heart has more to do with your interactions with you than you interacting with other people, okay? So here's the truth that I've come to learn, and I learned it a painful, difficult way. Um, But the truth is, is that the deepest pains that we'll experience in life is not from people saying and doing things that hurt us from the outside in. It's that when I already believe a lie and I have already beat myself up in an area and told myself lies about who I am or about some area of my life that I think is not good enough, and now someone says something and it's hitting that area, the deep pain I experience is actually from me. The deep pain I actually experience is from the way I process what they say and what I now am going to tell myself about me. That's what takes us down a spiral. Does it make sense? Okay. So when it says, guard your heart, watch over your heart, cultivate your heart, a big part of that process is how do you interact with yourself? What do you say to yourself? Do you, do you bless yourself or do you curse yourself? Amen? The more you can cultivate your heart and say the things to your own heart that God is saying about you, the less you're going to have to guard from everybody else in your life. Does that make sense? If you don't cultivate your heart and you're constantly feeling insecure and you're constantly beating yourself up, you're going to feel a need to put huge walls around yourself, around other people, because it's too dangerous. They're going to come in and they're going to make a mess in your heart. And I guarantee you they will, (laughs) because people are messy, okay? I guarantee you the Bible promises faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you're going to have real friends, then the wounds are going to be faithful, okay? They're going to be steady. They're going to be consistent. And they're also going to be wounds that you probably need. The wounds themselves are faithful. So cultivate your heart so that you don't have to guard with walls. You with me? Okay. Now let's talk about Jesus. We talk about Jesus and that when Jesus came to the earth, he came to reveal the Father. Amen? Amen. And he prayed the prayer, our Father, and that's when we first came to the realization, wait, God is not just 
the supreme being that's way up there and high above everything else, but he's the father. It's like, whoa, that's new information, and he's the son, okay? But we actually need to go a step further, okay? Because what God came to reveal through Jesus, think of Jesus' prayer when they said, how do we pray? And what does he say? He says, our father, our father who art in heaven. He did not say, my father. He said, our father who art in heaven. What does that mean? That means that we are all family. He says, our father. Jesus' father is my father. He's our, fa- he's our dad. <laughs> We're all family. It's amazing, okay? This is something that's heavy on my heart that the Lord is speaking, okay? Because apostolic is family. The kingdom is family. That's what it looks like. That's what kingdom leadership looks like. It looks like family. It has to look like family because that is the only thing that will be able to bear the weight of fivefold ministry. It's the only thing that will bear the weight of all the amazing things that God wants to pour out, all the amazing different perspectives and all the way that we're we're wired so differently. Look at how differently a pastor is wired from an apostle. Look at how differently an evangelist is wired from a prophet. Look at how differently a teacher is wired from a prophet. Can we get those two together ever? (laughs) Right? There's so many different perspectives, and we all have to be able to run together. The only entity that can handle that is family. You cannot run a ministry like that on a CEO and followers type organization. Does that make sense? Okay, so this is so important that we understand what Jesus was setting up when he said, our father is that we are all family. So this needs to look like family always. Like no matter how big, and, and, and to be honest, my prayer even with this church is, Lord, don't grow us any bigger than you're gracing us to handle, <laughs> right? It's like we want to be able to serve the people well and, and do what you're calling us to do. We want to grow at the pace that you've set, Lord. And so we're not even trying to like, oh, you know, let's double our size or whatever. It's just like, Lord, in your timing, um, grow us, okay? But it has to look like family, We all have different graces, we have different callings, we have different gifts, and um, different levels of understanding that we need to have with one another. Family is the only thing that will work in that scenario. Without love and family, our temptation is always going to be to control, to limit freedom, and to limit Holy Spirit. We have to know one another, we have to trust one another, we have to walk in family, we have to be able to address things when they get, need to be addressed, we have to love one another like family, in order for the Lord to pour out what he wants to pour out. Amen? We rejoice together. We mourn together. We sharpen one another. Being family means understanding process. Everyone in my family is at a different age level and a different ability level. Amen? So we have to learn to help one another out. We have to learn to not look with eyes of judgment, but to understand where people are at and love them where they're at. Amen? Being family means understanding grace, 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 having grace for one another and having grace for ourselves, okay? If you have a difficult time having grace for yourself, 
Um, that's something that, that we speak about a lot. That's why we address that in growth track, because we always have to come back to that. If you don't understand the grace of God and what Jesus paid for on a cross, um, you can end up on a treadmill of trying to work and earn your way to the Father in, in a family that you're already in, okay? So um, come to Growth Track and learn more about the grace of God um, if that's something that you feel like you need. But let me just tell you, when you read the Word, if you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, read the Word as a family member, okay? You are a family member, he's your dad, and you're learning the way of the family, okay? Okay? You are not trying to get into the family. <laughs> you are already a member. It's just like in our, in our family, it's like, this is what the Willettes do, okay? This is what it means to be a Willette. Willettes treat people like this. This is how we handle that. This is what it means to be a Willette. Same thing, when you're reading the word, you want to read to figure out what does this family look like that I'm already a part of. Amen? Good. Amen. There's a wonderful African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with others, okay? Again, with this multi-generational concept and what the Lord wants to do in building legacy and multi-generational um, blessings that he wants to pour out, we need to be thinking of children, okay? Um, in a family, like, we go at the pace that our little baby can handle. Amen? Like, we, we can't just, like, run and just forget that he exists because, you know, it's, it's not going to work out well for us anyway. But we have to remember that we have children. We have to remember to bring them along. And that's so, so important in a multi-generational movement that God wants to pour out is that we have to remember the children in this and that they are so, so, so important. We can't push them to the side and then start performing and trying to earn our way and do the things that God's calling us to do and think of it like accomplishments. We need to get the vision of family. We need to get the vision of we're bringing the kids with us, that they're going to encounter God, and they're going to be a big part of this movement as well. Amen? Amen. Children make you go slower. And the mom said, <laughs> ever tried grocery shopping with a little toddler? Mm-hmm. Children make you go slower. Go slower with your children and impart to them. Don't push them to the side. They will carry your legacy on. You know, I loved the Christmas party. That was like one of my favorite Christmas parties ever. Like number one, it just was so beautiful. It just like, it felt like family. Just like family coming together. We had so much fun and it's like new family members and old family members and you know, people we've known for years and years and years and people that we've just met. And it was just beautiful. Like, it was just so fun the whole time. But one of my favorite things about it is that all of my kids had so much fun on down to our 19-month-old. And he had a blast. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't get to grow up in church like that. And he's just, like, wandering around the party. And he's like, oh, everybody loves me. You'll pick me up, and you'll pick me up. And he just had so much fun. Like, he just, like, was such a happy camper. And I'm like, that's what it looks like. It looks like we're all running together and our kids are blessed and it's not this feeling of pressure or performing or we got to get our kids to behave or we got to get them to fit some mold or whatever. It looks like fun. It looks like joy. It looks like family. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Yeah, because we're playing the long game. It's not a quick flash in the pan, 
deal. We're playing the long game. This requires that we bring up the children with us. This requires that we're building families and ministering to them instead of adding to burdens and responsibilities, okay? We're going to take a slower pace, even, even for our family. There's times that I put pressure on us, and I'm just like, we need to have a midweek thing. We need to have a midweek thing. And, like, for the month of December, we prayed about it, and we're like, people need to be with their families. Like, we need to be with our family. Like, let's, let's hang out with our kids. Let's make sure that we have, you know, even facilitation of families being together and being able to impart to one another. It's like, you know what? That is church, that is amazing. You know, we don't need to put this pressure on ourselves. Amen? Our vision is more about being than doing. Being in his presence, being healed, being whole. Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Guard the issues of your own heart so you don't have to guard your heart from people. Amen? Okay. So we talked about authenticity. Um, next would be humility. Humility is promotion. Amen? Humility is promotion. It's not always fun, but it is promotion. We need to be able to get out of hiddenness and admit when we're wrong. Um, shame is one of the biggest enemies. Accusation is one of the biggest enemies of humility. There's such a huge attack of accusation, like in the world in general, in families and stuff like that. You did this because this is what you were thinking and this is who you are and, you know, that type of thing. Accusation is a huge, huge enemy to family, okay? And the response to accusation what God wants to bring is a spirit of understanding. Okay, turn to your neighbor and say understanding. Understanding. That's actually one of the seven spirits of God. Okay, the spirit of understanding. Lord, we need the spirit of understanding in this day and age. We need it, we need it, we need it, we need it. We need to walk in understanding. We need to be able to get in someone else's shoes and understand why they feel the way they feel, understand a different perspective than our own. We need understanding for us to be able to work together, for us to run together with all the different anointings and different callings. Amen? Yeah, Lord, we need your spirit of understanding. We need to be able to jump off the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and jump onto the tree of life. Knowledge of good and evil is over here, okay? Um, this is something that uh, Colton and I were talking about one night. So uh, knowledge of good and evil is the tree of death, amen, in the garden, okay? So on this tree is the knowledge of bad things. On this tree is also a knowledge of good things. And the knowledge of good things can kill you as fast as the knowledge of bad things, amen? And then over here, you have the tree of life. The tree of life is Jesus, amen? Too often, we get stuck in this mindset and this way of thinking. Everything is either right or wrong, pass or fail. This is the right way to do it. This is the wrong way to do it. And this way leads to death. This way looks like religion. This way looks like control. This way looks like law and works and earning, okay? This tree does not lead to Jesus. This tree leads to death only, amen? This tree over here is the tree of life. It's the way, the truth, and the life. Do you see that truth is higher than good and evil? Amen? 
truth, understanding, the spirit of God, Jesus, on this tree over here, okay? So this is what's difficult because there's two different ways to see, okay? When we, as, as the human race, ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we took on a way to see and interact with the world and with God. Amen? When Jesus came and we received Jesus, we now can see and interact with the world through Jesus, through what he did rather than what we can do. Does this make sense? Okay. So we want to interact through Jesus, through understanding, through truth. Now here's what happens in marriage. Okay. You did this and that was wrong. How could you do that? And then we argue back, no, but I'm right because this and that and this and that. This is marriage. This is Facebook. This is friendships. This is children and parents, this is any kind of disagreement we can have. Right, wrong, right, wrong, right, wrong, right, wrong. Okay? And we start arguing on the tree of death and trying to prove our point, prove our case, that type of thing. We have to step off of this tree and say, you know what? This is not about who's right and who's wrong. This is not about proving a case. This is about now stepping into Jesus, stepping into the spirit of understanding, stepping into truth. Okay? And this looks like I'm going to step into your shoes. Wow, I can, I can see how you would feel that way. Now I'm going to validate. I'm going to make you feel like a human because we are all human and we all have different things that we, that we go through and, and different pains that we have. And now we're going to come over here and we're going to minister from understanding. Does this make sense? It's really, really difficult to do when we're stuck in this mindset because we, we start warring with each other when we should be on the same team. Does this make sense? Kind of, sort of? Maybe. <laughs> okay. Uh, we have a story that we share around here, and so, you know, with, with some new people, you guys got to know what we're talking about when we say, you got poopy diaper, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is a story that I've shared before. Um, my son, Ethan, um, who was, at that time, he must have been like one and a half, something like that. And um, he would go and hide to poop in his diaper when we were training him because he just didn't want to learn. And so we would, you know, see him get in a certain position or we would kind of smell something in the air. And one of us would say, Ethan, do you have poopy diaper? And he would get so offended and he would get so mad. And he was like, you got poopy diaper. <laughs> that was his response because he was offended at the accusation that he was poopy and because he was ashamed, you know, like he was like ashamed of his poopy diaper and he felt called out and embarrassed or whatever. So he was like, you got poopy diaper. And that was like his biggest comeback, his biggest insult. And so for the longest time, and even still at the Willette household, that was the big insult. If we would go back and forth a little bit, finally it would, it would boil down to, well, you got poopy diaper. <laughs> So we talk about that around here. You got poopy diaper. That means that um, you have made a mess and there is maybe some responsibility that needs to be taken. So like even in rehearsal and stuff, it's like, oh, who messed that, that part up or whatever? And one of us will be like, I got poopy diaper. I'm the one that missed that cord or whatever. So we want to take responsibility for the things, okay? So again, when we move on to the tree of life and understanding and truth and love and everything that God is, we need to understand that there's times that I get poopy diaper and there's times that you get poopy diaper. And we're going to walk in understanding of those things and we're going to love one another through that process, knowing that we are becoming potty trained. Does that make sense? Is that too many analogies at one time? <laughs> 
We're becoming potty trained, okay? And that's important. And, uh, and this, is, this is an illustration that Danny Silk uses that I love, um, but it's about taking responsibility because we can easily stop at just authenticity, okay, and just say, well, I'm just going to tell everybody I got poopy diaper all the time. Just like, oh, I got poopy diaper. Well, guess what? I got no shame. Here's my poopy diaper, right? But then we are not engaging in a process of transformation where we get potty trained, that make sense? I'm a mom. I'm sorry. You're just going to have to. <laughs> My husband will give you the wonderful sports analogies. I'm going to give you uh, poopy diaper analogies. Okay, so Danny Silk's illustration is uh, spilling a can of paint. He says, confession looks like this. I spilled the can of paint. So I'm going to confess it just like, yep, I did that. Okay. The next step is repentance. Repentance is who did I get it on? Okay? Repentance means that you're going to change your mind about something. You're going to think differently afterward. So it's not just, I feel bad. Oh, I'm sorry I got caught, or I'm sorry that I did that. I feel remorse. It's like, no, I'm thinking differently, and I don't want to repeat that because this is the damage that it causes. Okay? This is the destructive thing that happens. Who did I get paint on? Okay? That's repentance. And then transformation looks like I'm going to clean up my mess. Make sense? Okay? So confession, I spilled the can of paint. Repentance, who did I get it on? Transformation, I'm going to clean up my mess. Make sense? Okay? So we all get poopy diaper. We all got to learn to clean up our mess and become potty trained. Amen? Amen. Okay. And then the last one we're going to talk about is courage. We talked about authenticity, humility, and then courage. Um, Courage, one of the most courageous things that you can do is enter into a process with the Lord of taking a look at pain, taking a look at pain in your life. We have to talk about pain. Pain is a big scary monster behind an old ancient door that we don't want to open, okay? Pain is the reason that people have addictions. Pain is the reason that people get addicted to pornography. Pain is the reason that people overeat. It's the way we're trying to cope with pain. So if we don't learn how to process pain with Jesus, with Holy Spirit, then we're going to enter into any number of forms of bondage to try and cover and hide what is wrong. That make sense? So we have to become familiar with pain because in this world, we're going to experience trials and tribulations. We're going to encounter pain. Amen? I know this is a super fun subject to talk about. Woohoo! Pain! This is amazing! Okay, we have to learn to process pain. We have to learn to feel pain, but we don't want to do it on our own. We need to do it with Jesus. Amen? Okay, so we need to feel pain. We need to enter into that process and give that pain to Jesus. Okay? The next step, the next courageous step that we can take when we take a look at pain and we take a look at the trauma that we've experienced and we begin to encounter the Lord, and a huge, huge part of that process is releasing forgiveness. It's a huge, huge, I would say that's probably one of the most quick ways to get rid of bondages and to overcome the pain that we feel is to release forgiveness, okay? Um, When we enter into that process Um, He is really, really faithful to meet us there. But the next step after we've dealt with that pain is now resolving the things. Is now we're going to have that conversation with the overbearing mother-in-law. We're going to learn to set boundaries with the people around us. We're going to learn to set boundaries with our spouse. 
Amen? We're going to have the tough conversations. We're going to raise up in maturity. Amen? We're going to face the deepest fears that we have head on. These are the hard things. These are the leaks that the Lord is trying to prepare, is trying to repair in our ships so that we can go to the nations. And it's not even just so that we can go to the nations. It's because he cares more about our heart than he does about anything that we can do for him. Amen? If we don't learn how to set boundaries while we're safe in the harbor, then we're going to go out to the nations and we're still not going to be able to set boundaries and we're going to sink. Amen? That's why it's so important that we take a look at what Jesus is doing on the inside of us. Amen? These are the hard things. Jesus was not afraid of confrontation or speaking truth in love. You know the verse, as much as it depends upon us, be at peace with all people. You guys know that verse? As much as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. I used to, I used to think that meant as much as it depends on you, be codependent with all people. As much as it depends on you, just bury all your feelings and just don't say anything and just bear it and just never tell anyone the truth. And then guess what? I became more and more bitter and more and more resentful because people were taking advantage of me. But guess what? I was never saying no. Amen? So is that being at peace with someone if I'm silently resenting them and taking abuse? Amen? Or is that not peace? Amen? I probably could have worded that question better. (laughs) Is that not peace? Okay? So as much as it depends on you, be at peace with all people. I, I submit to you, in order to be at peace with all people, you're going to have to learn to have honest conversations. You're going to have to learn to get real and share, hey, that hurt me. Like, hey, that was painful. Like, hey, I need to let you know how I experienced that. Uh, I need to let you know that, you know, the way you talk to me, I actually, I'm not going to permit you to talk to me that way anymore. And to learn to set boundaries and to learn to do those things because we cannot go where God wants us to go until we take a look at those things. Amen? Amen. So pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being. It affects all that you are and all that you do. We're called to reign in life, reign in the things of life. That means relationships, health, business, finances, ministry, families, marriages, beauty, art, creativity, community. We're meant to reign in all of these things, but it starts with what's happening on the inside of us. Happiness and joy are an inside job. So let's just take a quick look at how, because this is something my husband's really good at the practical stuff, so I'm like... Here's the practical, okay? So how? How do we enter into this process? Number one, ask God to show you the things that you need to take a look at in your life and open your heart to process with him. So whatever that looks like. And that might just look like, Lord, I don't even know, like, I'm giving you permission to show me something in my life and and I promise I'll take a look at it and I'll take a look at it with you. So whatever that looks like for you. This is something the Lord shared with me uh, a few months back. He said, um, you, you have a level of unworthiness and you need to take a look at that. He's like, I'm about to promote you to a level that you don't think you're worthy of and you're not going to be able to carry it if, if you don't take a look at this. And so that's when I'm like, okay, Jesus, we're entering into a process. We're going after sozos. We're going to do anything that we, we need to go so that I can counter more of you and stop rejecting your love and stop rejecting the callings that you're trying to put on my life. Amen. So whatever that looks like for you, ask the Lord and he will show you. Number two, ask God to show you your tribe. 
We all need tribe, we need community. Obviously, this is a very large tribe. Within this tribe, even, we need to have people that we're close with, that we can be real with, that are safe, that we can share all our junk, okay? And it might not just be within this church body. There might be people, you know, that the Lord has placed in your life outside of here. But we need to find our tribe. Very, very important. This may take time. It takes cultivation. It takes bravery. It takes courage because you've got to be real. Amen? And I promise you it will take pain. (laughs) I'm so sorry, but it will be painful, okay? There's just no getting around that. If you are going to love well and be loved well, you will encounter pain. And again, that's why we have to get good at taking a look at pain with Holy Spirit and to process pain with Jesus because his whole deal is love. He is love. But if we're going to love well in this world on this side of of heaven, we're going to encounter pain. Amen? So ask God to show you your tribe. It is so worth it. I'll tell you that. It's very, very worth all the pain. Um, he is so faithful. He even told me one day, um, there was some, some things that I just really, really wanted to process um, with a friend. And I'm like, okay, you know, Lord, who should I process this with? And, and, you know, it was just kind of something in the back of my mind. And then one morning, just kind of out of nowhere, I was in my prayer time. And he interrupted my thoughts. And he said to me, ask me to bring trusted people around you that you can confide in about this. And I was like, what? Like, it was just kind of like, it was kind of left field from where I was praying. And I'm like, no, I'm praying this thing. And the Lord's like, ask me to bring trusted people around you that you can confide in about this issue. And I was like, I was kind of a spoiled brat. I was like, okay, bring whatever trusted people. I'm like, I didn't understand why he was saying that. I'm like, okay, bring the people. I'll just, I kind of repeated back what he said. And then just kind of left it at that. Later on in the day, someone came and approached me. And they're like, it's so weird. I had this dream about you last night. And in the dream, you, you told me that you wanted to confide in me about this issue. And I'm just going to make myself available to you. Just like the Lord said, okay, you know, so I'm, I'm here if you want to share something. And it was just so God's faithfulness. Amen. Like he, he's like, ask me so that I would recognize when it came. Does that make sense? Like he's so good. He's so good. Um, engage with him in that process. And he's really, really faithful. Um, so number one, ask God to show you things to take a look at and open up your heart to process. Number two, ask God to show you your tribe. Number three, ask Holy Spirit about inner healing. I highly, highly, highly recommend inner healing, especially in this season. Um, we love Sozo Ministry. One of the reasons that I love Sozo Ministry is that um, you are encountering Holy Spirit the whole time. You're asking Holy Spirit questions, and Holy Spirit is giving you answers. So you actually don't become dependent on another person sharing with you what God is saying. You actually learn to hear the voice of God yourself. That makes sense? So if that's something that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart, we can give you more information about that. But Sozo Ministry is really awesome. There's also many other wonderful ministries. But ask Holy Spirit about inner healing. And then ask Holy Spirit about Christian counseling, if that's something that the Lord has for you in this season. This is a season of being safe in the harbor, but we are called to go to the nations. That's what we were built for. That is what the ship is there for. Um, But we have to take a look at the leaks. We have to repair what's broken, and we have to learn to carry what it is the Lord wants to export to the nations. Amen? So God is doing a deep work in people, foundational rebuilding and shifting into place. Your deepest pains, fears, beliefs, and emotions are all invitations right now into encountering more of God in those places. These shifts and this deep healing is the main deal. 
This is the main deal. The main deal is not your calling of you being in Timbuktu ministering to a small tribe of African people. Does that make sense? Are there even African people in Timbuktu? I don't even know, okay? But sometimes we get so focused on a thing, this accomplishment that we're going to do. It's like, that is not the main deal. The main deal is being healthy and whole and carrying his presence. And then the rest is going to flow out of that and you're just going to find yourself in your calling. Amen? Amen. So Jesus, we just thank you so much, God, for who you are, Lord. And I just pray, Father, that you would just um, meet people where they're at, Lord, that you would um, just show, Father, what it is that you're speaking to each individual person. Lord Jesus, whatever is in need of repair, um, Lord, whatever is a, a pain, Lord Jesus, right now, I release hope in Jesus' name. I release hope that those things can be healed. They can be healed. They can be healed. They can be healed. That we don't have to carry baggage. We don't have to carry pain for the rest of our life. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you are more than able to heal every one of our hearts, to bind up the wounds, Lord Jesus. And I just thank you, Father, that you are welcoming us into process. I thank you for the grace that you've already poured out, Lord. Continue to pour out grace upon this group of people, Father, for that process, Lord Jesus, of just learning to encounter more of you, welcome you into the deep places of our heart, Lord. Teach us and remind us, God, to cultivate our innermost being, to cultivate our relationship with ourselves, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you so much for it, God. Pour out your spirit on us, Lord, every day. I pray that every day we would draw closer and closer to you, God. And we just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.